How's it going, everybody? Welcome to the Third Line Plug Sensecast. I am your host, Taylor Gibson. Joining me, as always, from the tropical metropolis of Calgary, Alberta, my co-host, Tim Jancy. Tim, how's it going, sir? Been going good, going good, busy, but uh, it's kind of fun that way. Yeah, no, I, I understand that you're not recording in the usual studio this week. What's going on with that? Uh, can't say. Fair enough, Tim. Fair enough. But what I can say for sure, Tim, is that we got a special guest host for today's episode. So for our listeners, if you are a fan of hockey TikTokers, you may know the account at that Solibers fan, but you may not know the man behind the account. Please welcome to the show, John Hill. John, how's it going? Welcome to the show. Great, boys. Uh, enjoying the beautiful Florida weather down here in the 80 degrees. and Got a beer league playoff game tonight, so we'll see how that goes. Oh, yeah. Which game in the playoffs are you in right now? Uh, we're at the opening round, but we only have two rounds because we only have like eight teams in our league. So, Okay, that's not too bad. Now, just out of curiosity, whereabouts in Florida are you based out of? Uh, Orlando. Orlando, okay. Okay, is it is Orlando a big hockey town with the Solar Bears there? Yes and no. We have our moments with hockey. They can usually get about 7,000 fans into the arena for an ECHL game, which I think is pretty good. So we have a lot of fun. I have season tickets to the Solar Bears. It's just something to do on like a Friday and Saturday night. And like, usually I'll end up watching like either the Penguins or the Panthers on my phone while I'm at the games and stuff like that. So it's always something fun to do. And I've kind of built like a little family of friends that we all kind of go to the game. We all sit in the same section and everything with the Solar Bears. And I've got to meet some of the players and they've seen some of my TikToks that were relating to the Solar Bears. And there's been a few times that like, they were like, oh my God, that one was so funny. And like, one had like a half a million views and like their social media team is asking me to use it. And stuff. So it's been, it's been fun uh, dealing with the solar bears down here. That's excellent, man. That's excellent to hear. And I know that for our listeners, given that they may know I'm based out of Vancouver Island in Canada, our capital Victoria I had the only Canadian ECHL team. So pretty cool that we get a chance to talk with an ECHL fan. And we're also very excited to have you on the show, not only because we get to talk about your TikTok account at that Solar Bears fan, but also we get to talk about today's cover athlete for today's episode, Season 6, Episode 23, in chronological order, Episode 148, the Jacob Berger edition of the Third Line Plug, Sensecast. Now, John, given that you are our guest host for today's episode, and I know that for people who may have watched your TikToks, they know that you're both a Panthers and a Penguins fan, so we feel that Tyler Kennedy should be our guest cover athlete for today's episode. So I got to ask, like, what has been your thoughts on Tyler Kennedy as a Penguin? Um, I, I absolutely love Tyler Kennedy. I've met him before at uh, the Wheeling Nailers with the local ECHL team I used to go to when I lived up in Wheeling. I've got to meet Tyler quite a few times. He's always been a super duper chill guy. He'll sign autographs. He'll do anything. Like he has his own um, hockey school up in Pittsburgh and everything. And he's been him and like Ken Reggett are like always together. So it seems like they're kind of like a combo at this point, but it seems like him, Colby Armstrong, and like they're always together. So I I have nothing but good things to say about Tyler Kennedy. And if it wasn't for Tyler Kennedy in 2009, the Penguins probably wouldn't have won the Stanley Cup. Well, I think you're also forgetting that you had, I'm trying to remember, Maxim, fuck, um, was it LaPierre? Not LaPierre. Oh, Jesus Christ. I'm trying to think of the guy's name. He wore 25 for the Penguins that year. Goddard? Thank you. That's who it was. I think it was yeah. that scored game seven. That's all I really remember. Oh, no, Talbot. You're talking about Talbot. Max Talbot. Talbot. Thank you. Yeah. That's who I'm fucking thinking of. I was like, yeah. it was on the tip of my tongue, too. I was just like, was it Talbot? No. Yeah, you had it. Yeah. Honestly, it's funny. When I think of Tyler Kennedy, 
I don't know about you. I don't think of him as a Pittsburgh Penguin. We have a thing on the show where talking about our cover athletes, it's more of a remember them from the East, from the EA <laughs> sports games, not as a player. Tyler Kennedy fits in that category for me because I couldn't tell you much about Tyler Kennedy as a player. Yeah, he was basically more of a role guy, like a third or fourth line guy. After he left, uh, a lot of players seem like after they leave the the grass with Sidney Crosby and Kenny Malkin, they kind of go around a few more teams and then they usually end up retiring. Those two guys just make the players around them so good. Um, you've seen guys like Ruslan, Fabtanko, guys like that, that just got like a brand new career from playing with the Penguins because of those two guys that were just so fast and so amazing to watch. You know, the Penguins always seem to have like a Bruins thing to them, whether they have their bottom six guys that go there and they just have a longevity with their careers. Well, yeah. I mean, when you get to play with Crosby and Malkin, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, well, that's true. That is true. Now, as much as we could talk about Tyler Kennedy here, guys, I feel that we need to announce our cover athlete poll for next week's episode, season six, episode 24, and chronological order, episode 149. I tell you, I am really scraping the bottom of the barrel with these two guys, Chris Domenico and Scott Sabrin. Oh, the, the only thing I remember out of both of those players is that time that Austin Matthews looked at Sabrin's jersey. Oh, yeah, I remember that time. Isn't that a preseason game? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. God, I was like, the only thing I get, th- yeah, Sabrin, that's, a, well, him and that in the one, that one time he got injured too, but. Yeah, I can't think of anything, even when we're talking about Christy Domenico, which is kind of sad. And this is the problem with our cover athlete pool, John, is that we'll get some cover athlete guys and we're just like, I don't know what to say about them. It's the way it is sometimes, man. You just got to scrape the bottom of the barrel after a little while. Yeah, well, especially once you get to the higher numbers. Oh, yeah, I couldn't even imagine. Oh, God. I know, like we're getting into like, the high 40s early 50s where it's just like who wore these numbers for ottawa like i couldn't tell you so john let's move away to, from talking about recover athlete poll and get a chance to get to know you a little bit more now one thing i love doing when we get a chance to do these sort of interviews whether it be with a blogger or a podcaster you're in a new category here because i've never gotten a chance to talk to a tech talker here on the show now, people who've watched your channel, they may know that you're both a fan of the Panthers and the Pittsburgh Penguins. So I got to know, how did you become a fan of both teams? So when I was a little kid, um, the Wheeling Thunderbirds came to town, which was our ECHL affiliate. Um, and there was a guy, uh, his name was Derek Dukoski. He was nothing more than like a career minor leaguer, but he like took a liking to me. And then um, I kind of just fell in love with hockey after that. Um, I asked my dad when I was a little kid if we could go see Mario Lemieux's last game before his first retirement when they were playing the Flyers in like the first round I think it was and my dad literally made sure that we got to go to the game like I don't even know how much he spent on those tickets they had to be astronomical and like it just grew from there like I remember when the Penguins were god-awful terrible like in 2002 and stuff like that I looked at my dad and I asked him, I said, you know, if the Penguins ever make the Stanley Cup final, like, is there a chance we could go? Because I was the outcast in Wheeling, West Virginia, cheering for a hockey team. 90% of the time people looked at me and they're like, what is hockey? But it was just crazy to watch once they got like Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin, like all these people that like picked on me became hockey fans because of how amazing it was to watch them. But when it happened, when 2008 happened and they got to play the Red Wings in the finals, I looked at my dad and I was like, you remember that promise you, you know, you told me? 
And he was like, yeah, I'll see what I can do. And we ended up going to game three of that series. It was the only one they won at home. So it was really cool to do, to like get to go to a Stanley Cup final game. Crowd was insane. And then for the, the just like how I became a Panthers fan, it's kind of funny. So I had like a group of friends and we all went to the Solar Bear games. And with our Solar Bear season tickets, the Lightning were playing the Panthers in a preseason game at our arena, which is the Orlando Magic Arena. So it's a pretty big arena. They sold it out. And I have a lightning jersey and my ex-wife wanted to wear my lightning jersey and I had a Panthers jersey as well. I was like, well, I guess I'll go cheer for the Panthers since I don't have any other choice. <laughs> I ended up just like falling in love with them as I was watching them play. They were so fast. They're so good. And it's just been nothing but like a free fall for me, like just falling in love with this team. I love everything about it, the vibes, <clears throat> everything like that. Obviously, the loss to last year to the Lightning was rough, but I've really enjoyed being a Panthers fan. And um, there's a very small community of Panthers fans. It's not as big as like something like the Maple Leafs or something like that. But it's always been so much fun just to like I've had people in my TikTok that like from the last Panthers game I went to that were two rows behind me. And we've like started having conversations and stuff like that. It's just been so much fun, like becoming a Panther fan instead of being a lightning fan, like everybody else down here. Is that still, is that a weird thing for you when you go to either solar bear games or Panthers games and you notice people will look at you and you're like, Hey, aren't you that guy from TikTok?" I've had it happen a few times at lightning games. Um, I've gone to like penguins versus lightning and Panthers versus lightning. And I've had Tampa Bay people because I, I talked a lot of smack before the series last year and then we ended up getting swept. So it kind of really wasn't my best. Uh, moment I actually went off TikTok for like a week because I was just like I can't deal with this I came back to like 100 some notifications of people that had like ended my videos and stuff but um, usually people just you know they'll be like oh I love your videos just keep doing what you're doing and I I appreciate anybody that comes up you know if anyone ever wants to talk to me and they see me in public I'm probably the easiest dude in the world to talk to I can talk to basically anything about hockey so Excluding Tampa Bay, is there a fan base in the NHL that just floods your DMs and everything on TikTok? Um, it used to be Philly. That was just because I kind of went at them when I first started TikTok. Uh, that was also because I've had some really terrible um, experiences in Philadelphia. Um, I went to the outdoor game. Um, they, the, the Penguins lost a few years ago. And I got called every racial slur, every that you can think of when I was walking through the city. So I've not had good relationships with Lightning fans or uh, Flyers fans. So, I mean, I'm getting better with Lightning fans. I've learned to just kind of act like they're there and just let them have their little ah with everything. So That's like a lot of Ottawa fans with Toronto on Twitter. It's just like, I don't know why you guys are going after them. Just let them lose in the first round and get it over with. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, it's crazy. Now, sticking on the topic of the Panthers and the Penguins, I do want to get your thoughts on their seasons because, honestly, with especially with Florida, I mean, with the season they had last year, is this season just been such a disappointment for them? With Florida, yes and no, um, because we weren't going to be able to keep guys like Mackenzie Weger and um, Jonathan Huberto with their contracts. That Bobrovsky contract is really weighing us down. With the, I think he makes $12 million this year, which – He's, I mean, he's had a decent year. He started out really bad and he's kind of rebounded, but it's just been like, we, I knew that there was going to be a regression because I don't think the way that the Panthers were playing last year was a Stanley cup type of way of hockey. I've gone back and watched the playoff games against the Capitals and the lightning. 
they probably shouldn't even have beat the Caps in the first round. They were so just like distraught and everything else. So bringing in a guy like Matthew Kachuk, who has been nothing but the franchise player for us and is probably going to end up going down as one of the best Florida Panthers to ever put on a jersey here in South Florida. I'm actually okay with the regression a little bit because I would rather just go into it hot, like go into the playoffs hot. Like you have to be hot if you want to be in the AC because you've got a battle. But I mean, these past like month has been the worst for me having the Penguins and Panthers just like swapping spots constantly. I'm just praying that the Islanders just fall apart and that the Penguins and the Panthers can sweep in in seven and eight. And I'll just be not having panic attacks over which of my teams are going to make it in. Yeah. Well, I've always been very interested about guys that are people that cheer for two teams, like say one team makes the playoffs and the team doesn't like, do you fully go in on that allegiance? Yeah, so what I usually do, last year I was watching the first round because the Penguins were playing the uh, the Rangers and then the Panthers were playing the Capitals. So they, I got lucky that they put them on off nights. So the Panthers were on one night, the Penguins were on the other night. So I was able to kind of just enjoy it. Um, but this year, for some reason, the NHL like gave me a big FU. Um, and it seems like the Panthers play every single night that the Penguins play. So it's like I've kind of got to make a decision each night. But my girlfriend... She became real big into Panthers hockey. She's never did hockey before me. And I took her to a, a game and she just like has absolutely fallen in love with it. And she's more pen, uh, more Panthers than Penguins. So I've been kind of leaning towards just watching the Panthers a little bit more. But I still get my Penguins in every once in a while. So Now, going back to a comment you made a few minutes ago here, talking about the Wheeling Nailers. Did you ever get a chance to meet Paul Bizadette when he played for them? Uh, sadly, no, but I was there when he was playing. My buddy actually has like two or three of his game worn jerseys from when uh, Biz was um, in Wheeling. And I didn't even realize that like how great of a player he was in the ECHL back then because I was just like a little kid. I love everything about Biz and everything he does. I think he's great for the sport. Um, I think we need more guys like him because you no offense to Connor McDavid. I love Connor McDavid and everything that he has skill wise. But the dude's got a personality of like a, a stick. Like, no offense, like, he doesn't have personality. None of these guys show personality, and the guys that do get ostracized for it. And it just – I think we need more personality in our game if we want to grow it. Well, being up here in Canada, we saw that with P.K. Subban when he played for Montreal. Yeah. It's just that I don't understand why you need these – and I know it's kind of like WWE or, like, wrestling. You need people that are the antagonizers. You need guys that are out there, like, doing stuff in the media – because it makes it more fun for the fans. Yeah, well, even when you have pro wrestlers who had dads that played the NHL, I think that's very, very cool. Now, moving away from talking about the Pens and Panthers, let's talk about your TikTok account, at that Solar Bears fan. I can't recall how how I came across it, but I recall, I think one of the reasons I may have come across is when Sean Avery, quote, unquote, played for Orlando. Yeah. So (laughs) I do got to ask, like, what was the inspiration to start? That's all. Um, so during COVID, um, I was one of those people that was like, I'm never downloading TikTok. TikTok's so stupid. It's just fine, like all this stuff. And then I made a TikTok where I showed just like my jersey collection. And that was my first video ever. And I made like, I had like done 20,000 views on my first TikTok. And I was like, holy cow, this is kind of fun. And I kept doing it. And I just tried to like, when Sean Avery came, I tried to just zone in on that because I knew that that would be interesting for people. And then when he got cut like a few days later, 
I actually know the reason why. And it was kind of funny what happened. I just had so much fun with TikTok because I've made lifelong friends from t- through TikTok. There's guys that like, I literally just got back a few weeks ago from watching the Penguins play the Stars in Dallas um, because uh, one of my TikTok friends, that Dallas dude, 91, he's not really active as much as he used to be. We literally, I was literally at his house and we went to the Penguins and Stars game and everything. So even if my TikTok doesn't grow much more than what it is, I at least have the lifelong friendships from it. So. Yeah. And it's interesting because my co-host made a comment a little while ago talking about how even in the run of our show, it's interesting how it's been a natural progression where people wanted to be bloggers, then became podcasters, And now you're seeing it with tech talks. Do you see tech talk now becoming the go-to for people who want to get into making hockey content? I think there's a lot of good hockey TikTokers out there. Um, for you guys, I know you have like LeBlanc James. I know he gets into a lot of fights with different people, but I think he's really good for um, hockey TikTok. There's younger people like Nordic97. He makes really good content. I've learned a lot from him. Um, just even though he's younger than me, I still learned a lot. There's guys like Producer Clark that are in Toronto. There's even guys like I had a friend, Lippy Hockey. He's on TikTok as well. He's a big Devils fan. He actually came down last year during the Panthers playoff run and we watched a game at a bar together. It just, it seems like TikTok has found like a little hockey community. And whenever I can seem to get onto the Canadian side of TikTok, that's when it seems like my TikToks take off. Like I made one right after Christmas time that got like 500,000 views. And all it was was just showing like the Panthers ticket prices compared to like uh, to Toronto and stuff like that, where we can get three games for the Panthers for like $99 and they're paying like two fifty for like one game. And that just blows my mind. I have so many friends in Canada that I'm just like, I could buy season tickets for you guys going to like two games. Well, Ted, be living in Calgary. What are the prices for the flames right now? Do you know? Uh, I want to say about a couple grand for sure. I actually have to look at that one up because well, I have no need for flame season tickets, right? True, but even for individual tickets, because I know that they can't be more than give me two hundred bucks. Well, it depends where you. Well, it depends where you want to sit because uh, for a good game, front row, you're looking at five hundred. Man, I was twelve rows off the ice for the Panthers for like two hundred bucks. Yeah, but it's funny, even living up here, I know when the Canucks were on their big playoff run over a decade ago, you saw a lot of Canuck fans flew down to Dallas and Phoenix and all these cities, because like you said, they got tickets for so cheap down there, and mm-hmm. even better seats too. Yeah, it's it's crazy. When I when the Penguins went on their run in 2008, the, because they had just got back to the finals, my dad was like actually contemplating driving to Detroit instead of like going into Pittsburgh, because he said the tickets were so much cheaper in Detroit than they were in Pittsburgh, like he could have got us a hotel room and everything. And it would have been cheaper than going to Pittsburgh, but he just decided against it. So do you, have you found going to Panthers games when say a big name, big market team comes down that a lot of their fans fly down as well? Yeah. So my buddy, he's a big Rangers fan. Um, so last week, um, last Saturday, or a couple Saturdays ago, I think now they had Italian night. I don't know if you guys saw the clips from Brooks Kepko where he was calling Aaron Ekblad a, a traffic cone and stuff like that. Yeah, there was a lot of Rangers fans. From what I was told, a lot of my Panthers, like family, that's what I call them, was telling me that um, there was probably like 75% um, Rangers fans. And that's kind of what is, I've just learned to accept it because 
it's just the way it is um, with a lot of transplants moving to Florida. They're still going to cheer for their teams. But as long as they cheer for the Panthers 90% of the time, I think I'm okay with it. Yeah, and that's a question that we've asked on the show anytime we got a chance to chat with a Panthers fan is we always get to ask like what the state of Florida is like in, in South Florida just because of all the transplants, everything that's going on there. Yeah, that, so this year I think it's uh, after last year, we've been averaging around like 17,000 people a game. So that's pretty good for us. It's definitely like, I don't know. There's just something different about going to a Panthers game. It's like, like I said, it's like one big family. Like I had people like the last game I went to was against New Jersey. They were down two nothing going into the third period and ended up winning four to two. And there's like, you're just giving everybody a hug around you. Everyone's just having a great time. Like it's just been so different to me because I used to go to the Penguins games a lot in Pittsburgh and, um, I don't know. The new arena for me has been a real sore spot. I'm just not a big fan of the new arenas. And it's just because it's just like, it's too businessy. Like there's too many suits. There's too many people that could care less about the game. I'd rather have people that are all diehards in the arena that are going to make as much noise and make it as fun as it can be compared to what teams, obviously they make their money off the people that are like businesses and everything like that. But I think a lot of teams have lost their way in that way. Now, one big question I do want to ask here, John, and it's something that we were chatting about off the air. I don't know if you know who Sweet Annie OD is on TikTok. What is your thoughts on the fact she didn't include Sweetness by Jimmy Eat World in her top five goal songs? So I love Sweet Annie. Um, she's a great friend. Um, she's a really good person. If you get a chance to follow her, she has really great hockey content. She's probably one of the best like women hockey content out there. Um her and Jesse Pierce are really good. She covers the Minnesota wild sweetness is always going to be like my favorite goal song. And it literally happened by accident. When I went to my first Florida Panthers game, um, I heard sweetness as the goal song and the NHL, I think what is it? 2004 that sweetness was on 2003, 2003 that just the nostalgia like swept over me. And like, I, I love that song. I love sweetness. And I wish the Panthers would have kept it. Um, but apparently in the off season, they wanted to change it. So that's kind of why she didn't put it on there. And I think the ducks use it in some form at this point, because she's tweeted out a few times that they use sweetness. And I think they use it as their like victory song or something. And I think she might have a little bit of a PTSD because they're trying to get Connor Bedard. <laughs> they don't want the wins right now. So. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. Given that Anaheim, I feel has one of the best school songs in Broheim by Pennywise. Yeah. Yeah, I love I love uh, Anaheim. The one that I'm a real big fan of is Columbus. Um, they're they're so uh, I've had I've gone to Columbus a few times, and uh, it's really fun to go to their arena with a cannon and everything like that. And I really like that they throw ACDC in there for the uh, goal song. Well, I for us boomers, I'm always curious about Columbus because. You don't like obviously I've never got a chance to go, but do they lean very heavy into the Civil War stuff with the blue jackets? A little bit like the guys that are dressed up by the cannons are kind of like dressed up in that garb um and everything else. So they kind of lean into it a little bit. And I think Columbus is gonna be one of the great hockey markets that we have. I know it's very underutilized right now. Nationwide arena, if you ever get a chance to go there, is probably one of the nicer arenas in the NHL. Um mm -hmm. uh, but I think if they're able to land Connor Bedard, that could literally start like a brand new wave of fans for the Blue Jackets. And to be honest, I would like to see it happen because I think teams like, I think if we can solidify the market in Columbus, that's another great market that the NHL could have. 
well, I think my girlfriend's kind of pissed because she's a Calgary fan. So when Johnny Goudreau went there, she's just like, oh. of all teams, really. I, he definitely I, made a choice on that one. I, I don't understand that choice. I, I, I really don't. He could have been in New Jersey, but I don't know. He could have been in so many markets. He could have been in New York. He could have been in Philly. Yeah, I, I'm glad he didn't go to Philly. I don't think anybody wants to play under Torts at this point. I think Torts is a uh, too much of a war hero type coach. Um, too, I don't think too many players want to play under the guy that just screams and yells at you all the time anymore. Well, especially with the new generation of player, like yelling and screaming just doesn't work anymore. No, I, when we see, I'm it not with sure the, it even really worked in the first place. I agree with you 100 percent on that. I, I don't think it worked. Um, the players just seem to have, like you said, the today's players are different than what they used to be. And I think a coach that just shows you that he's behind you, that means more to the players than anything else. Yeah, well, that's why you see guys like Scotty Bowman was in the NHL for so long, just because of how popular he was with the players. Oh, yeah, absolutely. He was one of those guys that was always behind his players. I mean, when Pittsburgh, they won their second cup was with Scotty Bowman. I don't understand what happened there, but that could have been like a lifelong coach for the Penguins. I don't understand what happened that made like the players hate Bowman so much. Like, I don't know if he changed his ways when he went to Detroit, but I know that the Penguins players absolutely hated him. Really? I've never actually heard that story. It depends. So when they were playing in the first round against Washington, the second, the second go round for their back-to-back in the nineties, um Yager and like Lemieux literally went up to like Bowman and were like listen your system's not working we're changing it so and then he left I think the year after because he just like the Penguins and him just didn't mesh yeah because that seems like that would have been a really good match just given all the success they were having too yeah especially with Lemieux and Yager watching those two play was absolutely amazing as well Pittsburgh's uh been really blessed with some of the uh talent that's been able to go through there well, it also goes to show what quality ownership can really do too, right? Yeah. I mean, when Lemieux came back into play, we really had solid ownership. We got a little screwed by one guy that tried to, I don't know if you guys have ever seen the documentary on Amazon Prime called Red Penguins. So the Penguins tried to buy like the USSR team when they were completely bankrupt. And <laughs> they ended up like funneling out, I think they said like $10 million out of the Penguins accounts. The Russian team did and like put it all into their teams. And then the Penguins finally realized it and finally like cut their ties to it and everything else. It was insane. Like apparently like they had like dollar beer, like 10 cent beer nights in the nineties in Russia. Like, and they did all this marketing with Russian uh, penguins and stuff like that. It's one of my like jerseys that's on my list that I really want is one of the Russian penguin red and white jerseys. I'm going to have to look this up. No, I've actually never, ever heard about this. So it was like, it came out a few years ago. It came out like right, I think two years ago now. And uh, I saw it on like Amazon Prime one day. I was just looking through and it was like Red Penguins, the story about how the Pittsburgh Penguins tried to buy like the USSR team when they went bankrupt. Oh, I'm seeing it right here. Apparently it's on YouTube. I'm definitely going to have to look this up now. That seems just right up my alley too. It's almost, I would imagine it's almost as good as a 30 for 30 that Kevin Connolly did on John Spano. Oh my God, Dean Spano, like that guy. I've watched that thing like multiple times. Like that is such a crazy story. And then Mike Milbury, I think it was what last week on Spin Chicklets came out and was telling stories about how he like dealt with Dean Spanos and like all, like I don't understand how Gary Bettman like let that slip through his fingers. Like the guy didn't have the money to buy the team. Yeah. And 
like the other crazy one i don't know if you guys have watched it it's the netflix one with the danbury trashers yes oh i I got to talk to aj he's such a cool dude because i made a tiktok about them and he found it and he sent me like some free merch and stuff so aj is a super chill dude so i i highly recommend that one as well Okay. Yeah, that would explain the Dansbury Trasher jersey you've worn in your TikToks in the past. And I know even with our show, we've got a chance to chat with Brett Wallace, who's from TSN here in Canada, and they had uh, they had the trainer on their podcast, and he was just like, that guy is something else. <laughs> Dude, That like when he starts it out and he's like, cocaine's a hell of a drug, I'm like, what? <laughs> like he's checking nine-year-olds into the boards on cocaine at hockey practice. Like, how did that happen? <laughs> oh, God. I know that was such a great documentary too. I'm not even gonna lie to you, boy. I'll tell you guys. As much as we could sit here and talk about all this good stuff, it would delay the inevitable that we need to segue into this little segment I like to call "Top of the Hour." Nice. Yeah. I apologize to our listeners if my throat's a bit sore. I've been dealing with COVID this past week, but that's okay. I'm going to be powering through it and. We've got a number of congratulations we got to give out here, guys. First off, Edmonton Oilers captain Connor McDavid became the 11th youngest player in NHL history to record 300 goals at 26 years and 76 days. Now, John, I know for yourself, who's somebody who grew up watching Mario Lemieux, when you watch a guy like Connor McDavid play, do you just watch this guy and be like, you never thought this level of talent was going to come back again? No, when I got to watch Lemieux, Lemieux was just on a different level from everybody else. The size, the speed, the skill was just amazing. And I know Connor's a little bit smaller than Mario was, but Connor, like I literally tell it, say in my uh, my TikTok group chat all the time, he just needs his own MVP award at this point because it's not fair. Like I'm like Matthew Kachuk has had a hell of a year for the Panthers. I think he has like 104 points. He's literally pulling the Panthers into the playoffs, and he probably maybe gets to go to the award show as like the third person to be voted for like MVP. Like it's just absolutely, I've seen him live uh, in Erie when he was playing in juniors, like, holy cow. It was a different level. Like he was just skating circles around these guys and all these guys are NHL prospects. Like I, Oh my God, Connor McDavid. Edmonton is blessed and cursed at the same time, because I don't think they're going to be able to keep him. No, there's no way. And even for McDavid, I think of him kind of the way that, Mark Madden mentioned about Mario Lemieux and Spit Chicklets. He says, Mario was different than Wayne because he got the puck and it's like, I got the puck and here I come. There's nothing you're going to do about it. That's yeah. what it's like when I watch Connor. Yeah, there was a, a goalie, uh, Kelly Rudy. I, I forget what, what it was. He was like, literally, if there's anybody that had to come down on me on a breakaway that I knew was just going to score, it was 66. Like Mario was going to score. I couldn't, I, I, played, I played goalie in college. I couldn't even imagine taking a shot against Connor, uh, Connor McDavid. I couldn't imagine. He has so many ways to beat you. It's ridiculous. Yep. Yes. And like at this point, I wouldn't be, be surprised if 70 goals is still on the table. Like it's just dumb. It is. And I mean, we've talked about this here on the show, John, is that, you know, we were like, yeah, 60 goals is not out of the question, but now he's close on 70. I just... I, there's no way you can sit there and watch him and not think that if Ovi breaks the record, that he won't be far behind. Honestly, I think Connor McDavid might take that as an insult. It's... Yeah, I was going to say, I can't think of another guy that would come close to that 
that record other than Ovechkin and McDavid. So, yeah, there's nobody really else in the league. I know Leaf fans would probably say Austin Matthews, but I love my Leaf fans friends. But I, Austin Matthews is a good, great player, but I just don't see it. Toronto fans have a real bad tendency to overrate their players, and I think that's why TSN now going into the their off season is just like what's I'm trying to think of that one guy who plays for the Leafs. He was um like a 26 year old rookie last year. Oh, uh, Michael Bunting. Michael Bunting. Yeah. What's Michael Bunting going to do as the top guy? And it's like, who's to say he's going to be the top guy? Yeah. It's just. To be fair, next my- year's free agency class is pretty crap. Yeah. I know. And we're going to be talking about one of the guys here in a few minutes who would have been that top guy. But before we get to there, guys, Dallas Stars forward Jason Robertson passed Mike Madonna for most points in the season by Dallas Star with 95. Robertson had recorded 42 goals, 53 assists for 95 points in 75 games at the time of story. One big thing that really came out of me, and has nothing to do with Jason Robertson, if you would have told me Mike Medano had never hit 100 points in a season in his career, I would have said, no, you're you're joking. I remember watching Madonna in the 90s because my mom was a big Stars fan. I don't know why she took a liking to the Dallas Stars. But, like, he was on – he was, like – he almost reminded me of, like, a Lemieux. In a way, because he had the size and the speed and the shot. And it I loved watching Madonna. He was one of my guys that I loved watch play. Him and like Patrick Waugh and guys like that in the 90s because the penguins weren't very good. Paul Korea is another one that comes to mind. But it's just crazy that those seasons, because of like the two-line pass and the hooking and the holding that happened during the 90s, a lot of them didn't get a hundred point seasons. Yeah, it's really true. Now, we're talking about Jason Robertson. He's one of these guys, and it's funny, even though he's in the Western Conference, I, maybe it's just me, but I tend to forget that he's in the NHL. So when I see a record like this, I'm like, oh, that's right. Jason Robertson's in the NHL too. Yeah, and he's doing wonders for my fantasy pool. <laughs> a pool which I haven't even looked at in weeks. Honestly, same. Of, yeah, it's been one of those things, John, like Tim and I are in the same league, and it's just like, all of our players get injured. It's just like, I just don't care. I did a fantasy hockey league for the first time this year, and our uh, scoring wasn't the best. It was all goaltending. Like, goaltending, oh. like, like goalies were getting 40, like 30, 40 point nights. And like, I have like Matthew Kachuk scoring four goals and like getting two assists, and he gets like 10 points. I was like, oh my God, this is ridiculous. I can't deal with this. So I ended up just like joking around in my league. I'm like, I'm tanking for Bernard. I'm like, I'm not even trying anymore. Traded all my guys away. I'm like, I don't even care. And the one, the commissioner was a little mad about the fact I didn't trade him Matthew Kachuk, but he can deal with it. My brother did that to Tim all last season. He was like, yeah, I'll take uh, Matthews for David. He traded for every Toronto Maple Leaf you could think of. And he started trying to like trade for some of my players this year. And it was always terrible, terrible, terrible deals. So I'd like swig it back with just even worse deals. So and just hoping that the guy clicks on the button. <laughs> oh, I know. I would never hear the end of that, Bill. I hope you know that, Tim. Oh, yeah. I'd never. And if he did it, it's his own damn fault. 100%. So staying in the Western Conference, Edmonton Oilers forward Evander Kane recorded his 300th career goal during the team's game versus... The San Jose Sharks. So, Vander Kane, I'm very curious to get your take on him, John, because Kane's been one of these guys on our show that we've been very polarized about, especially with how he left San Jose and when he went to Edmonton. I thought for sure there's no way a team is going to take him. 
I thought his last shot was going to be in San Jose because when the allegations came out from what is it, his baby mama or his ex girlfriend, I thought no team would. T- I thought he was going to the KHL. I was like, peace, see you in the KHL. Like that's what I thought. You know what? I will give him credit. He's kept his nose out of trouble. He hasn't really done. I think he filed for bankruptcy, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Like I was gonna say. So I mean, if that's the only thing that's really like he's dealing with at this point, like. If he can keep his head above water and just not cause a fuss, like fine, you can play in the league. I just, I just don't want these guys that um, aren't good, like to their. I don't. I have a thing with like people that hit women, or like I don't know if he's done that, but like I don't know. That's just where I kind of sit. I'm like kind of leery of uh, Evander Kane. Yeah, the baby mama case is wild, yeah. mostly because it's a he said she said that's playing out on TikTok. Yeah. And I think it's probably let's wait for a court document. Exactly. Yeah. But you know what? It goes back to something that I've always maintained, especially being a football fan, is that teams will take a chance on you if you are good. 100%. Yeah. You look at the NFL. I mean, no way teams are going to take a chance on Michael Vick. Teams are going to take a chance on any of these guys who had spotty things in their background. And same with hockey. Like when you see a guy like, a Jake for 10 and go to the KHL and you're like, okay, well, why is it that he was the exception? And here's a Vander Kane who has all this stuff against him and he's still in the NHL. I don't think Vander yeah. Kane's a good person either. Like look at the way that it ended in Winnipeg. You had Dustin Bufflin flipping him off as he's walking off the ice and stuff. Like I don't think he's a good teammate either. Yeah. No, but that's I- been a thing that's been really dogging him even since his days in junior too. I guess the other thing about Bertan and that always kind of struck me as a bit weird was, didn't he get acquitted? I can't say yes, because I'm not too sure. I think the Trevor Bauer case in the MLB. The guy didn't, like, basically got cleared and he has to go pitch in Japan. To be fair, those Japanese leagues are good. Oh, yeah, 100%. They're right underneath us. Yeah, even the Japanese hockey, as much as it's not so much of a talent, I've we've got a chance to chat with Jamie McLennan on here about it, and he says it's such a good time over there. That's what it seems like. I've seen videos of that, like uh, I think Dominican baseball. Like those would be like the top tier, like outside of um, the U.S. I would love to go watch baseball. I'd also love to go to a Blue Jays game, stay in that hotel that's inside the stadium. I think that'd be so cool to do. That that would be cool. Yeah. I mean, we'll definitely have to talk about some of those stories I've heard about people staying in those hotels. But before we get into that, let's close off talking about the Western Conference by talking about Arizona Coyotes forward Clayton Keller, who moved into a four-way tide for the fourth longest point streak in franchise history with 14. You know, it's funny. Like, Clayton Keller really is one of the big reasons Arizona is not where Columbus is right now. Clayton <laughs> Keller literally the reason they're not going to be Connor Bedard. <laughs> Yeah, like him and Michelli, right? Yeah. Yeah, but that, it's funny. That's a record that you would not really think of when you talk about most point streaks. Because there's a number of guys when I was looking at that, and they're all from the old Winnipeg Jets. It's like the team of Solanis, the late Daryl Dale Howardchuk. So when you see a guy like Clayton Keller do it for Arizona, that's, that's pretty good for the Coyotes. Not good for when they're trying to tank for Bernard, but good for the franchise, though. Yeah. And... It's definitely good to see like got like Clayton Keller is able to kind of have a career on just an absolute garbage team. And uh, he's not the only guy there now. 
Yeah. Yeah, that's very true, Tim. So we're going to move away from the Western Conference and talk about the East. Boston Bruins forward David Pasternak became the third fastest player in Bruins history to record 600 points at 583 games. Pasternak also became the sixth player in franchise history to record 50 goals in a season. I'm going to say right now, as much as we talk about Tim Stutzler's contract going to be a steal, David Pasternak, that's, that's going to be a contract for Boston going forward. I have a friend who's a really big Boston Bruins fan, and I hate everything about the Boston Bruins. They literally, like, as a Penguin fan, they are what nightmares are made of for me. Um, and it's even happened still with the Panthers. Like, they're in our division, and they're just uh, – New England doesn't need another championship. I'll end up with that. I know. I know, because they're so starved with all those championships they've got, eh? God. But honestly, it's – Kind of impressive what uh, Sweeney has been able to do with the Boston Bruins to really extend that window despite whiffing so hard on that first draft. And the fact that the Bruins finally hit 60 wins the other night. That's, you know, it's funny. We talk about the 62 wins by both the Lightning and the Red Wings. Imagine if the Bruins are the team that overthrows that record. I mean, they probably will. Yeah, I'm kind of with him on that one. I, I really think they will. But we saw it last year with Florida. It doesn't mean anything when you go into the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I was even, I was totally in agreement with you talking about the Panthers playing against the Caps in the first round last year. Even I watched it, and I'm like, this team won 58 games last year? If it was, if Carter Verhage wasn't on the ice last year, they don't win that series. Plain and simple. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Detroit Red Wings forward Jake Wallman became the third player in franchise history to score a go-ahead goal, goal in the final five seconds. The other two players were Steve Eisman on October 9th, 2003, and Brendan Shanahan on April 4th, 1998. Again, another record that you would never think of until it happens. And you're like, okay, that's an odd record to get, but there you go. Well, it's kind of irrelevant, other than buzzer beaters just being fun, right? Love me a good buzzer beater from time to time. <laughs> yeah, I know. So good. I will say, though, when talking about Jake Wallman, do you think the day he retires, him doing that little, oh, what the fuck was it, the dance he did against, who the hell was that that he did the, he did like the Sully? God, I can't even think of who, stupid cold brain. <laughs> <laughs> The gritty. That's what it was. The gritty. He did the gritty. Oh, yeah. Oh, I don't understand that dance. I really don't get it. I'm surprised nobody tried to take a run on him doing that, but well, I guess there's the code and everything. So, yeah, it's it's different than what it was in the '90s. That's for sure. So we're going to move. We talk about some congratulations. Talk about something serious for a moment. TSN's Rick Westhead reported that all players from the 2018 Team Canada World Junior Team will be ineligible to play for the national team until an investigation of the alleged group sexual assault is completed. So, John, given that you're in the in the states, I'm very curious. How much traction did this story get into the U.S. press? Not much. If I would have not had my Canadian friends, because I'm in like a Toronto Maple Leafs group chat, that was my fantasy hockey one, um, I would have probably never heard about it. It's sad that we would have never heard about it, but probably would have never heard a peep out of it. But 
it's obviously something very serious that they're already talking about not allowing these these players from that team to play uh and and represent their country so it must be something that they don't want to come to light it is true and i'm just looking up this the 2018 world junior roster team i mean stop me if you've heard any of these names dylan dubé drake batherson brett howden alex formanton jordan cairo robert thomas jake bean Cal Foote, Cale McCarr, Dante Fabro, Victor, Victor Mete, and Carter Hart. Yeah, All those guys are ineligible. I, I, don't I mean, it's appropriate, right? You suspend people until the criminal investigation is complete. It is true. I mean, I honestly, I don't know. It's really shitty because, especially here in Canada over the last week or two, and when you hear about some of the stuff going in junior hockey too, it's just like, God, you would think that we're already past all like the either the hazing, but now you got these allegations against Team Canada. It's just like just one thing after another. It's kind of like in the states with college teams where you see some yeah, of the but, games that they get. Well, there was a actually recently. I know it's one of the Ivy schools. It's either Harvard or Princeton. Their women's hockey coach was like making their players like skate on the ice naked and stuff like that for like hazing purposes. And I'm just like. What is the point of that? Like, there's like that, that's some sick, twisted thing that you're forcing these people to do that they don't want to do. Like, I, I just don't understand that type of culture, especially when like 90% of the time hockey is nothing but a giant family. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a shame. It, it really is a shame, but unfortunately, I know your tree did a great video about it last year when the whole Cal Beach thing came about hockey has a culture problem and it it's sad that well, there's no everything has a culture problem under that lens though. Like you can see it in politics. You see it in business. It, it really isn't just sports, right? True. But given that oh, it, it's terrible in academia and yeah, it's but, funny that it's mostly academics trying kind of pushing it over. So it's, yeah, let's blow this fucker open. Seattle Kraken have unveiled their warm-up jerseys for their upcoming green night on April 6th. The jersey was designed by local muralist, muralist Angelina Villabolos. Villalobos, sorry. I don't know if you got a chance to look at this jersey. I I don't know what to make of it, to be honest with you. It just looks so odd looking. I know Seattle has some great jerseys, so I'll have to give this one a look at when we get off here. But Seattle usually just absolutely crushes it with like everything they do. Yeah, again, I don't know how I feel about it. I'm sure in person it's probably pretty cool, but I don't know. I mean, it doesn't look good in photos, that's for sure. There's a lot of jerseys that didn't look good in photos. Like the jersey jersey, like I didn't like it in the photos, but when I've seen it on the ice, it's not that bad. Honestly, I've been pretty happy with all of the Adidas jerseys so far. Some of the Habs ones are kind of lazy, but no, the Seattle cool. one, like – the crest is very intricate, so maybe I'm guessing it probably just looks better in person. Yeah, I would imagine so. So we're going to close off top of the hour by talking about a signing. New York Rangers have re-signed forward Philip Chaitel to a four-year, $17.75 million contract with an AAV 4.437. Chaitel recorded 20 goals, 20 assists for 42 points in 65 games for the Rangers at the time of the signing. Not a bad contract for a guy that they're 
for a young guy, they're looking to push him to the top six. So not too bad. Um, I'm a team. I've got a team. The Panthers that are so strapped up against the cap. We can barely do anything. Yeah. No. And Cheadle has been one of those guys who's kind of been a bright spot, especially on that. And he kind of drives that kid line in New York, uh, especially with the not as inspiring career so far of Lafreniere and Capocacco. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to lie. I'm actually very happy we didn't get Lafreniere in the end. I I was almost excited because I remember Pittsburgh lost in the first round of Montreal, and I remember Penguin fans were, like, so excited. And, Matt, I'm not saying that he's not doing good in New York, but could you imagine Lafreniere with somebody like Crosby? Like, I think it would he would be a completely different player. Part of me just kind of wonders if it's if it if it's Lafreniere, just something doesn't translate from every other le- level to the NHL, or if there's something about the way that the Rangers just develop players that doesn't work, or their coaching or something isn't tailored to developing young players. Personally, I've always maintained it's the Rangers because the Rangers have been notorious for not developing players. I mean, you look, go down the line of all their draft picks, other than a handful of them, you look at them, you're like, who, who is this person? Well, they, they, they don't really give their guys a chance. Like Lafreniere should not be in the bottom six. Lafreniere should be somebody you put on your like top power play, like your at least your second power play, should be getting top six minutes. And they just seem to continuously bring in uh, new guys instead of giving their young guys a chance, which is something that Pittsburgh's had a lot of problems with doing, signing Jeff Carter for three years and stuff like that, just keeping the old guys, not letting the young guys in, in, interject like energy into the team. Yeah, but doing that may signal that maybe the team is looking to either rebuild or they don't want to bring in these guys to help their window or what, but no, I maintain it's the Rangers. I think the Rangers are just notorious about it. It's like Montreal. Montreal's notorious as well for not developing players, unless your name was like Carey Price. Yeah. Well, guys, that wraps up top of the hour for this week, which can be only one thing. It's time to talk about some games. Now, we got three games on the schedule. We've got the Chuck Bull versus the Panthers and the Sens, Flyers and the Sens, and the Leafs versus the Senators. Now, usually I would say, but before we do that, let's hit the music. But I think we deserve it is time for the Chuck Bowl. Okay, guys, let's start off by talking about the Chuck Bowl. Brady Sai took this score by five to two. Panthers goals are scored by Gustav Forsling with two. Sands goals are scored by Brady DeChuck, Derek Broussard, Alex DeBrinket, Shane Pinto, and Tim Stutzlott. Shots were 34-27 for the Panthers. So I did have a condense this game because we were recording last week's episode. It's always great for us to see Brady win DeChuck Bowl once again. You know, John, I want to get your take on how you feel the Panthers played in this one because I know that Keith was in the building and he was not happy with how they played. Yeah, um, so it came out like this week that Bob was like really sick um, during this game. So that's why he didn't play so well. But like, yeah, it was not a good effort. Um, I remember watching it and that was like the, and I'm very optimistic about my teams. 
I literally was watching that game against Ottawa. Like, this is it. They're, they're done. Like they're not going to make the playoffs this year. And it was just, you guys, I don't know if you guys just hit us at the right time or whatever it was. It just seemed like your system was just absolutely destroying ours and we just couldn't get anything going. The only real chance we had was like you said, Gustav Forsling, which I think is one of the most underrated defensemen in the league. Um, he had two goals and, and he played really well. It's just some nights with the Panthers, like only a few guys show up. It sucks. But I think that was the kick in the ass we needed um, from Keith Kachuk. Um, Cause he came out and then the next game, Maurice went after everybody in Toronto and they finally kind of got back to their winning ways here. Once again. What do you think about Paul Maurice as a head coach for the Panthers? I'm not sold yet. I think he's a good coach. I think he knows what he's doing. But at the same time, like there's times where I'm just like, what are you doing? Like, why are you changing this now? Yeah, he's always been one of those guys for me where, especially when you see him in spots like Winnipeg and especially in Toronto, I don't think that was so much on him because the talent wasn't really there. But yeah, he has moments where you just watch him and you're like, I don't know where you're going with this. Well, I don't know if you noticed after the Kachuk comments, he called the Panthers like, he called him a bunch of pussies huh. after the Chuck comments. And I was like, maybe that was just like Matthew's way of trying to wake up the team in his own way. Well, especially when talking about the Panthers, oh. one, I think the one that was a big killer, other than Bobrovsky being sick, like you mentioned, giving up three power play goals. When you yeah. do that, that's, yeah, you're not going to have much. All from basically the same spot on the ice. Yep. That was not my, I was uh, not really thrilled with that. So we're talking about the Sens. You know, it was one of those things where I could really comment how their offensive attack was great, especially the offensive goal and the power play. I do got to say that Brady goal was nice, though. Oh, <laughs> so good. The one I, thing I, you can definitely see, though, is after, after that third goal, Ottawa just kind of took the foot off the pedal. Almost gave Florida a chance to get right back in it. Um, but, yeah, I actually, after it was 3-1, to one, I was pretty disgusted and actually – just turned the game on the radio and just started driving around because I was so frustrated. Well, I'll tell you one thing, John. If you were frustrated about the Panthers in this game, imagine how Ottawa fans felt in this game. Flyers versus Senators. This is a 5-4 to four Senators overtime victory. Flyers goes to score by Tony D'Angelo, Cam York, Noah Cates, and Owen Tippett. Sense goes to score by Austin Watson, Tim Stutzla, Shane Pinto, Claude Giroux, and Alex Debrinkit in overtime. Shots were 46. 11. Yes, I did say that correctly. 46 to 11 for the Senators. We almost had our own 4-1 game in this. We almost lost this. I'm sorry. You guys are so good. Like I have I'm one of the few people down here in Florida that I think a few years ago when like I forget which year it was, I put you guys in the playoffs because I was like so amped on you guys and it just Fell down real quick. This game, it, Talbot lost it, almost lost it for the Senators, but it also didn't help that Hamnick and Brassard went down. The Hamnick one was, it was a hockey play. The Brassard one was just a freak injury. Yeah, and it's so cringe when you watch Derek Brassard break his fibula on that because I was actually in the gym watching this game, and what happened, I was like, oh, my God. Like on the treble front of everybody, I was like, 
Oh, and it's a shame because this is a guy who is on a PTO to start the year. His career looked likely he's going to be done. And now this is potentially how his NHL career is going to finish right here. At least he got his thousandth game. Yeah. Derek Broussard's a good guy, but I don't feel like I know watching him in Pittsburgh, he just never seemed to actually fit in in Pittsburgh. Yeah, he seemed to be in a weird position in his first tenure with Ottawa as a number two center. Because I remember watching him thinking, like, is Derek Brazard even there most nights? Like, I could physically see him, but. That's the way it was in Pittsburgh. Like, there was nights I was like, where, where is this guy at? Like, we literally put you in the top six. Where are you at? Yeah. But I'll tell you one guy who did show up, though, was Felix Sandstrom for Philadelphia. 41 saves, a .891 save percentage. I'm going to say he is truly the reason the Senators did not put up 10 in this game. Yeah. It's it just was crazy to talk just... about Philly and not mention Carter Hart to me. <laughs> but yeah, but I'll tell you one thing, you know, it, I feel so bad for Felix because, you know, imagine you put up 41 saves. You're really the only reason Philadelphia gets to OT. And then you're the reason that the Senators won it in OT with Alex to break it. Because imagine that. He goes behind the net to play it, and he coughs it right up to him. Well, it's like, if Philly wasn't so shit, he wouldn't have been put in that position, right? Yeah, that's true. But yeah, I got to say, that's such a gut punch for him, though. Now, one more thing we got to do before we go on to talk about the Battle of Alberta, or Battle of Ontario, sorry, is Ron Reynolds was in the building for this game. And it's so cool to see Ryan Reynolds. Apparently there's a report coming out, I think it was today from Bruce Garriock, that the Remington group is now the front rather than the heavy favorites to win that bid. I'm very curious to see, because there's another group right now that features Dwayne Johnson, the rock. What? Yeah, it's um, Sparks. He's that <laughs> music producer. I'll be honest, if you guys get owned by Ryan Reynolds, I think that's going to be so awesome for your franchise. Like, I feel like he'll be such a great spokesman for you guys. Oh, my God. I'm just imagining the first video of the Sens where he shows up as Deadpool. Yes. They've got to make a Deadpool night if he owns the team. Like, it's just going to happen. Well, I know that people on Twitter have even done mock, mock-up mock of the logo with Deadpool's yeah. face in it. And it's I so think people that have gotten, like, the custom jersey done. I'm like, that's amazing. Oh. That would be cool, though, if Ryan Reynolds bought the team. But even if, like, The Rock owned it, too. Like, I don't know. I'm more of a Stone Cold Steve Austin guy myself. But, you know, I mean, The Rock's cool, too. <laughs> well, guys, we're going to move away. We're talking about the Flyers game and talk about the third and final game of the evening. Leafs versus Senators. 3 nothing. Leafs shutout victory. Leafs goals are scored by Michael Bunting, Willie Nylander, Radham, Zorna. I don't want to talk about this game. Not because like the, the game was a loss, but because I was really badly dealing with COVID that day, and I don't want to have to relive that day. Fair. But this was a weird yeah. game. This is a game where Ottawa definitely deserved to win. But goalie comes out due to sickness. Goalie comes in cold, lets in three. Versus uh, Samsonov plays off his head plays out of his mind yeah and it's a shame that ottawa couldn't save or couldn't solve some off and yeah it was a shame like sogar came in cold got yanked for three goals like i said i was in bed all day with COVID, so i don't really have much to say about this game 
One cool thing I did see on Instagram, though, is comedian Bill Burr was in the building. And I know he's mentioned on Spit and Chicklets that Ottawa was one of the few cities he hasn't been to to watch an NHL game. And it's funny because, like, he's on tour right now and Ottawa's the only Canadian date. So it's cool okay. to see him in the building. So what you're saying is he chose the city specifically. Yes. That's great. That's great. I know. John, I don't know if you listen to Bill Burr's podcast at all, but I, I can't wait to hear what he has to say about the CTC. I, I, I've, he's been coming across my for you page lately on TikTok, and like it's been like his favorite like NHL arenas and stuff like that. So I really enjoyed hearing that because like I love his comedy. I think he's hilarious, but like it was it's just nice hearing his like uh, point of view on his favorite NHL arenas. Yeah, well, I like that even on his podcast. As much as he is very much a New England and Boston sports fan, you could tell like he seems pretty unbiased towards a lot of teams and a lot of arenas he's been to, he's been very honest about it. I mean, there's certain teams that he can tell he does not like, but pretty much he's very unbiased. So I can appreciate that. One thing that I did really like to see is just how well Ottawa's top lines matched up against Toronto's, even with all of the injuries. Remember that the defense is missing Shabbat, Shikrin, and Hamannick. And uh, Bernard Docker and Clevin filled in really well. But uh, the Stutzler-Giroux-Kachuk line just took it to the Matthews line all night. And uh, the Bathurst-Pinto-Debrinkat line matched up really well against the Tavares and Nylander line. Absolutely. So, guys, do you have any more comments you want to make on these games before we head off into the close for another episode? I'm, I'm good. All right. Well, guys, thank you so much for listening to the Third Line Plug Sensecast. I hope you've enjoyed it because, believe me, Tim and I love recording it for you. You can find us on Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play, as well as on Instagram and Twitter at Third Line Plug. You can find me on both at Great White Gipster, and you can find Tim on Twitter at M901 Honey Badger. So, for the week ahead, four games to talk about. Again, we have another Chuck poll to talk about on Thursday night in Florida. We also got to talk about the game last night versus the Columbus Blue Jackets, which we lost four to three. Honestly, that quote by Dennis Green, the Blue Jackets were who we thought they were and we let them off the hook. Perfectly sums up that game. Tuesday, we are in Carolina to play the Carolina Hurricanes and Saturday, we return home to play the Tampa Bay Lightning. So, John, I can't thank you enough for coming on as I know I haven't really mentioned this, but I'm a huge fan of your account. So I really appreciate you taking time to do this episode. Now, before we head off into the close, first of all, where can our listeners find you on TikTok and where can they find you on social media? So basically, uh, if you want to look at me up on TikTok, I'm that Solar Bear fan and my Twitter as well as uh, that Solar Bear fan. Um, so if you guys want to find me, that's where I'm at. Excellent. Until next week, guys. I am your host, Taylor Gibson. And this has been Tim Jensey. Go, Sam's Go, Sam's